You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. I don't know why I like that music. I like that music. At the beginning. Annie, I think you picked that up a ago, didn't you? I, I don't remember where we found that music. I just know that uh, the old uh, Thanksgiving turkey smells pretty damn good. You, you, did you cook those two, that apple pie and that turkey? Is that your um, thing? It's, it's kind of our thing. Um, so... There's usually there's usually bacon wrapped around it though. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've been uh, accused of being uh, the turkey wrapped uh, smoked turkey breast guy a couple times, but you got the secret, Chris, is to weave it kind of like the pie behind me. Um, you weave the bacon, lay it down like a blanket, then you put the turkey breast on top, then you wrap it up and then roll it over, and then uh, you're set. How about you guys? What are you guys doing for today? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, today, I have to do a Friendsgiving for my daughter. She's back home. And she goes, she goes, hey, we're going to have a Friendsgiving. We're going to do it at our house. And she goes, and I said, well, what are you going to make? And she goes, I don't know. What are you going to make? And so I'm, I'm doing all the cooking for it, but I'm doing more of a, nothing that we normally have on Thanksgiving because i got to cook for that, too. But uh, it only only fifteen kids are coming. Not bad. I'll be I'll be on the beach with a, a little friend of mine. Uh, there's no Thanksgiving here in Brazil, but I'll make sure to drink a lot of wine for you guys. <clears throat> someday they'll have something to be thankful for. You know, yeah. they're just saving. I am. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you what. I always kind of think of this time as uh, the prep bowl. I don't know, Nick, if you remember, Nick and I would go to uh, the prep bowl uh, football all the time, trying to uh, convince him uh, of how awesome it would be and that he could do it. And ended up being there uh, two different times, but gosh, I always, I, I did that for years and years and years. And then uh, COVID, I think it was last year that, it, that we didn't have it, um, but it is it's happening Friday and I think I'm gonna hit it. So that's why I'm wearing my little little pullover here, my little Minnetonka football. I wanted to uh, match the pumpkins, so I got as round as possible and and wore orange. Nice. <laughs> that's yeah. why I wear black. I'm a giver. You're what? <laughs> I'm a giver. All right. Well, let's do it. What, what is uh, happening in the market? The market is going good. Well, I had a... I just had, I had an earlier, uh, early in the year, I did a fractional ownership of uh, a lot where you basically get a slip on this lot. And um, it, it went really good uh, the first time around, had multiple offers and ended up selling for more. Well, we just had another person in that same um, little five person fractional ownership place that wanted to sell. And they're like, well, maybe we should wait till next spring. And I'm like, you know what? People are still hot to trot on getting something like that. And boy, it, uh, 
the excitement just came flying in. And then also have um, a couple new um, lakeshore listings that we're going to have uh, come in the spring that, you know, people want to get into them now. And I know a lot of people are starting to uh, remove stuff from the market. We've actually removed a couple from the market um, as those price points weren't really kind of moving uh, as, as good. But then there's other things that are amazing price points. How about you, Andy? Uh, you know, we've generally seen the uh, your typical falls um, where we're actually seeing a little bit of a, uh, you know, not as many people heading to the marketplace, not uh, as many people looking. But that's kind of normal this time of the year, I think. So if I was selling, I wouldn't be panicking right now if there's a little bit lower activity. But what I would say is that those that are looking, you better be ready to hook them because they're real buyers. And uh, if somebody's looking during the holiday season, they are, are in need of a house and they need to move now. And you probably are catching the best fish you could um, under the circumstances. Um, you know, and kind of, you know, we'll talk about looking forward here a little bit. But, you know, what was really interesting, um, one of the things that I was reading about was they were saying that in the third quarter that um, the in the marketplace that almost 22% of the sales nationwide were going to uh, investors, okay? And so what was happening is with these investors buying properties, that's, that's one out of five houses being sold to an investor, meaning it's either, you know, a second property, potential rental, vacation by owner, whatever they're buying it for, they're buying it. And the average sale price, Chris, was at 440. So they're not buying the bottom, you know, lowest price houses. They're buying houses that are actually priced in in a category that's above the Twin Cities at 396. So, you know, it just it's an interesting um market we're in. And and what that tells me is that there's going to be demand on rentals. Somebody's that's smarter than than me is saying, "Hey, there's going to be demand for rentals over the next few years with the amount of people that can't get into houses because of a lower supply, as they say, um, and and there's just not enough houses for the amount of people that want to buy them. So the demand is going to stay solid on houses, um, but it'll get to the point of where as inflation keeps slamming us in the knees, we're, we're going to, you know, eventually uh, things have to change, right? So I think there's going to be demand on rentals. They're saying there's going to be um, big demand on executive rentals um, over the next several years. And because people just are like, I'm, I'm not going to fight the fight. And there's also a fake perception that, the market's going to collapse for some reason and that there's, you know, and that just, Ooh, it's been good for so long. It's got to go bad. Well, that's not a projection. That's a guess. Well, and I think rentals too, um, people are getting rid of them. Just kind of sick and tired of it. They, uh, the whole COVID thing and you don't have to pay uh, to play and people like small time investors are starting to get rid of them. So it's like, there's a big need for investment properties. If anyone wanted to get into that right now, I'm telling you, it's it's a it's a real good thing. And like Andy said, the executive rentals are a huge thing. A lot of people are, are getting rid of their houses and they have to go somewhere and they're willing to pay. They'll pay more in which to be able to do it. So I'll tell you one of the one of the best ones is a short-term executive rental. If you have those, uh, I think you would do very, very well with it. I have a quick uh, comment. I watched a podcast recently with Peter Schiff. He uh, predicted uh, the last uh, housing crisis, and now he's been really bullish on a currency crisis. You know, he's talked about how gold will skyrocket for the last, you know, 15 years. He's been saying it, but he's been right on certain things. 
What do you think about a currency crisis and that the dollar just loses total control and we go back to a different form of, of currency backed by gold or, or, or whatnot? Could you see anything like this happening where the dollar just totally craps the bed? I no clue. I, I don't I won't give a prediction to that because I just don't I don't know it good enough. Um Andy, I don't know if that's your little uh it's not thing. it's not my you know cup of tea, but I'll tell you what it is. If if that and some of the other things happen with so many countries and their dollars earmarked off, um most countries will not allow the dollar to fail because their dollar is tied to it. So the biggest strings that are attached are all of them. And so, you know, the only people that play with their currency values a lot of times are the Chinese, where they'll play and also they'll drop their yen down in half the value so that making a widget at 13 cents is still 13 cents instead of being, you know, whatever, 60 cents. So it keeps them competitive in the marketplace globally. But I tell you what, you know, if the the dollar completely fails or goes away, um, it's going to be Armageddon. I mean, it, it would be. It would be. And it's not my expertise. But I tell you what, you better you better have more than just gold in your back pocket, guys. Because if it's just gold, then we're already screwed anyway. It's, you know, all these people with cryptocurrencies, well, lose power for six months and see what happens to your cryptocurrency. So, you know, I mean, all these things that are out there that, you know, I'm not, I'm not, again, real estate agent was asked a question that's above my pay scale, but I'm just saying that you have to have some con- common denominator. And that for the last, I don't know how many, you know, decades has been the, the US dollar. So, um, yeah, and if I, I felt that a lot traveling the world because of how powerful the dollar is. I just read a, an article about how Brazil and Japan just did a deal in dollars, not their own currency. They do it in, in dollars and the dollars obviously backed by the U.S. military. But it was more so on the on the scale of the, the world recession, like what happened in 08, 09. Like that is what he was getting to. It was just quite interesting. But where would, else would you want to invest in? You know, land and real estate. That's like the safest you know asset to, of all time. So. Anyways, let's get back to our well, no, and I just Well, just to end with that, though, the, I think what what is the biggest crisis is the amount of debt. And who's going to keep giving us more fake money to give out as fake money? And we're, right now, we've already been abusing the system by, you know, uh, printing as much money as we have. Quantitative easing is what they call that, you know, where they just keep printing dollars to be able to give us. Um, we're, we're deeper in debt. We're deeper in debt. Well, who's giving us that money, Right. We're actually diluting our own dollars by doing it. And in theory, the whole world's going down in value while we're spending their money. And and it it, it it's interesting. Anyway, so it's a problem. Yeah. I'm gonna focus on turkeys today. Um, but that's a problem. Yeah, let's uh let's get into gratitude. Okay. What are you grateful for in this wonderful industry of uh real estate? Uh, I'm grateful for what it, what we're grateful for in this industry. Um, <laughs> no, that's not, that's not funny. Um, I, you know, there's a ton of uh, uh, agents out there that uh, I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for. Um, I mean, it's it's just like Andy and I. I mean, we're from different brokerages. Um, we literally, I mean compete against each other uh supposedly and um but yet we can talk and we can uh collaborate and um i mean really i mean the radio show we marketed together for years and years and years and uh kind of looked able to look past the 
you know, there's enough deals out there for everyone to be able to help each other out. And we have a number of realtors on both of our sides that, um, that we can do that with. And I think that's pretty cool. Agreed. I think that for me, what I'm grateful for is, is the people um, and the dedication to helping people. And I know a lot of times our industry is basically, you know, the apps and the media takes us and tries to make us a bunch of greedy little pigs that charge too much money in commission. And we all drive, you know, Ferraris and it, it's not the case. It's actually, it's very uh, gratifying in my opinion um, to be able to sit down with somebody that's never owned anything before. And, and I tell you what, Nick, the guy who's traveled the world probably more than any of us, um, you, you go there and you ask people, well, do you own or do you rent? And 90% of the time, people are going to tell you that they rent. And, and America still provides us the opportunity to be an owner. Um, I like to be part of it, um, where someone can have, you know, they work hard. They can own a piece of the American pie and uh, own a, a property that they um, can be proud of. And it's, it's, it's a sense of worth, you know, it's, well, and I'm not saying that you're worthless if you don't own property, but I'll tell you what, it's very gratifying when you work hard and you get something that you can say you own and, and someday you hand that down to the next generation. Um, I, I just, I, I think it's, it's cool to be part of that process. Nothing better, Chris, and you and I both know this, like when we help a young person and, you know, they're scared and they're nervous and we guide them through that process and then they buy that first house and then you call back in three years and say, hey, you know, you got about a hundred grand of equity in that house. You want to do something? upgrade you know buy that lake home what do you want and all of a sudden they're like a hundred grand and you're like you could have never saved it at the same rate that you just appreciated it it's kind of cool yeah it is that is neat okay uh next uh last grateful part of thanksgiving uh, your clients we appreciate our clients how do you show appreciation to them oh boy this is gonna be a good one for andy Andy, how do you appreciate your clients? Um, I, I'm a big widget guy, you know, like as I'm sitting here in my office, I got some uh, new uh, preferred home team hats, trucker style. I, I like, I, I always show a little gratitude with swag. Um, I like to also um, uh, have events and we do like a movie event that's coming up here in a couple of weeks. And we're, we're actually, I'm going to be at the uh, Chamblin Movie Theater and we're prizes and, and you know, uh, we do all the concessions. There's coffee donuts. You come in, you win prizes. There's a photographer there taking photos for that family holiday picture. And uh, it's pretty cool. So we uh, that's one of the things I do. Yeah. And you're, I mean, you're really consistent on that. I, I, you have monster drag out uh, events that uh, I have to recover from. So they're like in and out there every 10 years instead. And um, yeah. I don't know. I think you're always trying to find it, but I think the thing I do to appreciate my clients is do what's right for them and everyone that they refer to me, and that they know that uh, I'm going to uh, take care of them. And um, uh, more so than I, I mean, I I take that very seriously. So I think. Uh, well, and we're waiting for the second annual Rune Fest to uh, happen here. I but... did. I had it. We didn't let you come. You would have taken over the show. So what am I supposed to do? Clearly, clearly missed the memo. Okay, let's get into the, the, the meat of this. So Redfin came out with their 2022 predictions, and I have them all right here. 
We're going to rapid fire. Not necessarily. If you guys have some good points on here, talk about it. But uh, there's 10 of them, and they're quite interesting. So let's get into it. Can't wait. Should be interesting. First one. Prediction number one, mortgage rates will rise to 3.6%, bringing price growth down to earth. I, I, I'm totally fine with that at 3.6%. Um, I think for me, I just don't want something to go completely nuts. And um, I think 3.6% is still an amazing, unbelievable interest rate. Uh, obviously not as good as it is right now, but I don't think that will destroy uh, our market either. Andy? No, and I agree. I think that there was, remember those charts when we, when we hit the, as you know, uh, appreciation was going up and then uh, went up so fast in the early 2000s and then it crashed. And then they have a chart where it shows us even 4% appreciation going on, right? And uh, so there was that kind of average, which is about 4% historically. We're about back to where we're supposed to be. We, we've recovered now. Um, all of that that was lost is kind of back. And now we're on that and we should stay on that. That shows us a balance in the marketplace when we can kind of sit at about 4% appreciation. But here's the, here. what's crazy is this, with inflation, when you put inflation on there, you're not making anything. So what they'll tell you is you need to borrow money. So when you have your interest rates at 3.6% and then you have inflation at four or 5%, you're actually not only getting money, you're getting it for free because getting faster than you're paying the interest rate back. And so it's it's actually uh, um, in high inflationary times, they say it's a great time to invest um, in finance because that'll help you make a percent of a percent and, uh, and get ahead. Makes sense. Andy makes sense. Wow. <laughs> Prediction number two, new listings will hit a 10-year high, which will already make a dent in the ongoing supply shortage. Which will hardly make a dent in the ongoing supply sh shortage. So what they're Correct. basically saying is that it's gonna um, it's gonna go up, but uh, we we're so short right now, um, and it, it constantly is. We're we're constantly um, lower. It it raised a little, but not enough. Um, I don't know. Uh, what did it say? A, a ten year high or all? Yeah, ten year oh, high. We're at a ten year high. You're going back to two thousand and eleven. Ooh, there's there's no way. Two thousand eleven was, I mean, I think they're off. There was yeah, there was there was so many listings at that time. I mean, and that that inventory was around. I mean, around that time it was probably nine months, wasn't it? That we oh, had. Chris, do you remember? I think, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull numbers right out of my hat here, but it was like there was like twenty two thousand active listings. In and right now there's like 3,000 active listings. So it's like for us to go up to that would be a flooded market. Um, you'd start seeing people, re what happens is supply and demand, right? So if there's more supply than demand, the people that are the hungriest to sell drop their price and to get sold next. And so what happens is not because houses aren't going up in value, it's because sellers get desperate and they drop their price to be more attractive than the competition and then you'd start seeing this temporary like price down um, number until the balance comes back. And then it starts going back up when there's not enough of the good stuff. But buy right, buy the right property, right? You know, location, location, location. And, and you don't have to deal with the commodity style marketing or market. 
I'm just prediction. Prediction three: rents will increase by seven percent. That I don't doubt at all. I think it already has. I think rents have gone up higher. I was I've been talking to a bunch of people. Well, Nick, a good friend of yours down in Florida, um, the apartment that he had was like twelve hundred. It's going up to eighteen hundred because of the demand that's down there, and, it, and we're seeing that same thing here. I'm going to be selling one of my um, actually my last rental unit. I'm I'm out of it. I'm finally going to be out of it. Um, and you know that's something that we sell to people, and it's made a lot of uh, clients of mine uh, very wealthy, or or their net worth is very good because of it. I just happened to wasn't very good at it. I was really I'm really good at buying them, but I'm just not good at holding them and um, and making people pay their rent and um, staying up on the the upkeep and. Uh, finding renters that are really nice that don't destroy my properties. You know, it just it just didn't go as great. So, um, I mean, I'm getting out of it, but in in the it's going to be a good sale because uh, rents are going up so much. So, agreed. I think there's a uh, a situation where you're going to have rentals going up. That's why all the investors, like I said, there was twenty over twenty percent of the sales were to investors. So again, think about that. That's a lot of people trying to find another way to make a return on investment. And I think there's diversification happening everywhere. You already heard Nick talk about gold prices this and real estate that, and everybody's trying to guess where the next money to be made is. And I'm telling you, there's, there's nothing better than running a business that makes you a profit. And that'll probably be your best return on investment. I would say safe harbors are where I'm looking right now for the next year or so, because until things settle out, you kind of see a, de- a direction we're going to be heading. Um, I always hate the, usually when people guess, they guess wrong, right? What do you mean safe harbors? You mean you're just going to kind of chill out? Safer investments, you know, like things that things that are tangible. Because like if the world goes to hell in a handbasket, like my dad used to say this to me, he goes, at least I can drive by my rental properties. Might not be worth anything, but it'll be worth trading shelter for food or shelter for whatever. And he goes, it's a tangible thing. Bitcoins are not tangible. Bitcoin, you know, or, or some of these, like you say, oh, I bought gold futures. Well, you still don't have the physical gold in your hand. Unless you physically have the gold and have it hidden in a safe, you really don't in the old school world of caves and clubs, you, you don't have anything. Except the promise. Guns, guns, guns ammo. Baby. And Woo! <laughs> I find it, I find it really I find it really funny though, you guys bringing up Bitcoin because. Ten years ago, I remember reading about it on uh, the the dark web and how it was used to buy drugs and whatnot. Now it's such a mainstream topic. You got you know these old school realtors talking about it. It's crazy. I think it's good though because eventually we'll be saying, "Can you believe they're doing it?" And I can't believe this means nothing to me. I I, I think that you know um, it, it's a new way to exchange currency or value. Um, we, we need that, right? The world's craving that. I think everybody's looking for a harbor to to lower their taxes. They may not say it that way, but that's ultimately what they're doing. There's no way somebody would take all their money out of the safest currency and put it into cyberspace, um, whatever that means. But somebody's giving them money to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so at some point in time, I think there's a scam being had because otherwise you could mine your own coins and you just would create a new wealth. But right now you have to buy it to get. So somebody's getting real dollars to give you those Bitcoins. So it's like I said, I, I just, I hate to say a scam. I'm not saying a scam, but I'm still 
hesitant to participate unless you were trading like you know something that's tangible for something that's you know I don't know. I, anyway, move on. Prediction number four: Home buyers will relocate to affordable cities like Columbus, Ohio, Indianapolis, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania over the Sun Belt. I don't know if people have a choice. Um, and I think with online stuff now, they're going to go to what uh, works for them the best. But I think you start getting into the, I mean, the Floridas, the Texas, and the Californians. I mean, it's Arizona's. It's it's super expensive to be able to get into something down there. Well, that and tax havens, right? I mean, people are looking for that tax haven. It's growing. Florida's growing. You know, I mean, I think Arizona has some tax havens too. That's the reason why there's so many people moving to those areas, guys. For Texas, everybody from California that's used to paying crazy taxes is like, hey, I just want to pay a little bit less. I want to put a little bit more in my pocket. So if a rainy day ever comes, I got a little extra cash. So they move to Texas and now you pay more in property taxes per se, you know, but you pay less in income tax. There's no income tax or whatever state. So I think that's part of it as well. I just recorded with somebody who's in property investment. He's uh, late 20s. He's got a property in Mexico too, but he just bought, I think it was a condo just uh, outside of Houston. I'm talking like 20, 30 minutes, the suburbs for $80,000, I think it was. He says the deals in Texas are insane. Hmm. From a, wow. Because I've heard a little differently that, I mean, those values have gone up. I've got a client that's headed down there uh, to buy something and they're kind of moving out a little bit to try to get, you know, a little better deal or a little more, a little more place for their money. I think, I think that Austin has been kind of the hot city down there currently, but Dallas, Fort Worth, you've got Houston, all great communities, but big cities. I mean, Houston, what is that? One of the, what is that number six in the largest cities in the, in the country, I think, or something like that, six or seven. Um, it, big cities have big city problems too. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, you just, I don't know, depends on what you're moving for. Are you moving for job opportunities? Are you moving for education? Are you moving for a tax uh, shelter? This baby boomer generation slithering through the system, as they say, and they're not quitting their jobs. They're continuing to work as long as they possibly can into retirement. There's all, they're not selling their houses. There's, they're, they're really throwing a lot of the markets off. Projections on that baby boomer generation have, have thrown off every projection with, jobs. I mean, we were supposed to be in a stale market right now because there's supposed to be nobody that wanted, you know, there's no jobs available. And there also there's gonna be all these jobs available when everybody retired. Well, it's different. It's changing. They're not retiring. They're not selling their executive homes. They're still buying cars, buying clothes. They're still part of the economy versus they were expecting them to start slowing down. So this youthful age and health insurance and keeping people young, maybe it's working. I don't know. Just different. People will vote with their feet, moving to places that align with their politics. 100% that's happening. Gotcha. I'm watching it. I'm seeing it. Um, you know, and the popular places, I mean, that people are like moving from Minnesota are South Dakota, Texas, and Florida is what they're going. And that obviously, I mean, I don't know why you'd go to South Dakota, but I'm sure that is totally aligning with the political uh, point of view. And and the state tax thing too. So um, I I 100% uh, believe that's the case. Well, one of our good friends, Chris, actually, um, you know, it's a big title company in town. 
bought a huge ranch, um, which tells me that someone's getting ready to sell out. And, uh, you know, because you want to have residency before you sell. So when you take your millions out of your company, you know, you don't have the tax or whatever, assuming. Um, but yeah, no, that I'm seeing that happen. I had a buddy of mine who lived in Madison, Wisconsin his whole life, and he's getting ready to sell his company. It's a two-year transition. And guess where he bought a place? Florida. Weird. Um, Tampa. And he's spending all of his time down there now getting ready so he can save, like, I don't remember, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in taxes. Wow. Well, sounds kind of nice. Prediction number six, condo demand will take off. I don't know. I mean, maybe because it's probably going to be a little more affordable, but um, I uh, I don't know. Maybe, you know, in a, in a world, too, of get up and go and take off and be able to be flexible in what you do and not having maybe having a home base, but nothing that's too crazy. I mean, that could change the whole condo part of it as well. Andy? Maybe that's that baby boomers attempt at, you know, uh, one level living um, and no maintenance and just take their money and, and, and play with it. Number seven prediction, home buyers will take climate risk seriously. Um, you know, I suppose as far as the real estate market goes, um, with renewable energy and, and things like that, that is, it's getting more popular. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, it used to be no chance, uh, you don't put any of those, uh, solars on your house or in our neighborhood because it would be against the covenants and that that's changed. Um, there is, it's the, the problem is it's still very expensive in which to do. And I think sometimes when it comes down to, you know, do you want to go geothermal and uh, add some solar tubes or do you want that four season porch in a deck? A lot of people are still taking that four season porch in a deck and a pool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, um, some areas, um, you know, the when they talk about climate change, you'll get areas like Florida where they've projected, you know, within the next, you know, 25 years, there's some cities in Florida, there'll be a foot underwater. And they're saying, so you look at like, they get these big rains in down in Miami and all the, the streets are flooded. That's not um, uncommon down there. It's getting worse and worse. Uh, houses up on sticks are for a reason. They're starting to build the roads five feet, four to five feet higher than most of these cities projecting these flooded situations like they're having every day. And, you know, so you talk about climate change, I think you're seeing it firsthand. I mean, look at, hit, look at the amount of floods that hit. Look at the amount of tornadoes that are hitting. And it's, you know, it being in a safer area, great idea. Um, being in an area that has a lot of natural resources like groundwater, like Minnesota, great idea. You know, um, it's just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of benefits to having the natural resources too. Because, you know, like you think about being out in Arizona and all of a sudden the power shuts off and the wells can't pump water and there's no air conditioning. You're in a desert, right? I mean, no matter how you want to look at it, it's beautiful out there, but you're in a desert and you better have your supplies ready to go. All these floods that are happening with your climate change uh, certainly aren't happening on the lake I live on. I'll tell you that. That's probably two feet down. I just went to another lake yeah. that 
is way down. So I don't know. I think I, I would like a little climate change up here. Give me a little more yeah. water. So I was just uh, looking. I just bought a lot up in Alex, and uh, I was up there two weeks ago looking at it. And uh, I'm like, geez, there's actually a really nice beach on here. And the guy I was with goes, yeah, until next year when it fills back up and then you have no beach left. Pretty, I was like, yeah, it's yeah. a nice beach. Yeah, I want a little climate change this winter with lots of snow. Lots of snow and rain is what we need. I think I have a neat perspective on this relating to Venice. I've been there a couple of times and the, the water keeps rising or goes down. Like you'll see in uh, St. Mark's Square, it's flooded so you have to wear boots to, to get your cappuccino and whatnot. But they've done it for you know almost a thousand some years. They keep raising it. They're doing new projects to let the water not as rise as much. So if they can keep Venice that was made on a swamp, you know, still there, I think it's possible to keep Miami and, and the other coastal places doing fine. Prediction number eight: housing policy will become central to political battles about climate change. No comment from me. I don't know enough. You know, I don't know if that's going to be they're concerning themselves with a strain on like is is an interesting company because they always have these weird predictions. I remember we did this like last year, too, and we were kind of like scratching our head on half of them. But I, I'm sure there's expansion of the grid, you know, more electric needed, more whatever. I, I just tell you, I think there's so many weird policies like everybody has to have electric cars by such and such date. Uh, no offense to people that own electric cars. Um, but the. uh the um chris what um no so where's that electricity going to come from you don't have enough power right now to do that there's not a, the math equation doesn't mathematically add up to switching everybody from gasoline over to electric and efficiently doing it in the timelines that they have done you'd have to like build you know whatever it three to one um power plants or whatever it is to keep up with that kind of demand and then what kind of power plants are they going to let us build nuclear no probably not coal probably not so what kind of electric do you guys hydro I, well windmills don't work as great as we you know so you're you are going to have to go to like the i don't know I, I i just don't see how all these politics are getting involved in our world anyway but housing i see how it's in, involved in, in cars um but houses we'll see i mean houses are being made super energy efficient as we speak but maybe we'll make what, what about what about counties in minnesota or uh, cities that are making you do certain requirements related to energy consumption is any of that happening I don't know of any. Do you know about any of the uh, You know, like when you're building for your energy efficiencies, um, energy codes are interpreted by each city differently. And I have some of my cities in the North Metro, for an example, that are really upset with the way the electric water heaters draw so much electric. Um, but yet it's efficient. It's it's cheaper to do electric than it is gas. But they're preferring that we put gas water heaters in over electric. So there's not that draw. They're also making us like bathroom fans. Everybody says... You know, your bathroom fan is broken in the master. Well, that's the energy codes. You turn it on and it takes a minute to ramp up to full speed. So it starts, there's not that big on, right? So you have all these people turning on their fans at one time. So there there are there are things being addressed right now, even though we don't recognize it. It's, it's all around us. They're already working on all that stuff around us, for sure. I think uh, Chris is just waiting for his Thanksgiving turkey. He's kind of down today. You want to watch football and eat turkey or what? You know, I just think on some of this stuff, I just, uh, 
I might my my viewpoints might not be uh, as informative or um, appreciated. Chris, just start talking to customers. Go ahead. He's he already made fun of my electric car, so I'm just gonna take my ball and 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 mute. I think the funniest was when he got in his car when he was in a swimsuit and it was wet and he zapped himself. That was the funniest. I'm going to tell you something a little, which, which is really crazy if you think about it, but I, I got my Tesla back in 2015. And the reason I got it, because I saw it in a parking lot and it looked super cool. And these, this guy had those red, those red brake pads. And I'm like, what the heck? There's another, there's another, um, you know, uh, midlife crisis thing going on. I've had like four of them and uh, they always involve buying something big. And I'm like, I want that. I, I want that car, but I had no idea what it was. I didn't heard of Tesla. I didn't know what it was. And uh, when I went and tried it out, I mean, I had no idea it was electric. So, and I'll tell you, the electric part is the part that bothers me. Is because well, you know what's cool too, though, I, is that like you gotta stop. You, and I, you gotta fill it up. You and I have talked about this, Chris. Though it was cool. I mean, it was when you bought it. You bought it because you liked the car. You bought it because you liked it. And, and what I've been impressed with over the years, to be quite honest with you, is how they've given you some really cool upgrades at a very fair price where they, you know, they do, um, hey, there's this new package for $800. Bring your car in and we'll upgrade the motor. We upgrade this. We upgrade the, you know, I thought that was kind of cool how they keep doing that for you. So your car basically stays almost new. The thing was, is when I ordered mine, it didn't have like what the newest technology was. And then I'm like, it came out, and I'm like, well, I want that. They said, no problem, and I took it. But I don't even have to pay for those upgrades. I've had it redone probably eight different times that automatically just gets downloaded into my car, and it's like a new car that you keep getting. And at that time, That's cool. my batteries, um, I think, were for eight years, and then I get free charging for life. So there's a lot I, of things that you know you don't get now. You know, the uh, there was a, a very short-lived Hummer dealership in rogers and they built it brand million dollar building or whatever it was brand new and a year after they opened it they stopped manufacturing hummer and so this place went vacant well guess who just bought it and put their 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 uh logo on the h tesla so tesla bought the old hummer dealership and uh and now it says tesla right on the h it's kind of it's it's talk about times changing Kind of cool. Prediction number nine, iBuyers will focus on perfecting a niche service instead of market domination. We saw this recently with uh, Zillow uh, dropping their, their flip business or buying up all those homes. And I think I think they're right on with what they're saying there. I think you do. You find that niche because it's there's, there's a certain part of it that uh, definitely will 100% go for it. But what they wanted to do is try to take over the whole real estate gig and I just don't think there's still not enough people out there that are going to, you know, hey, we don't, we just use the internet. We don't want to talk to anyone. We don't want to do anything. You know, there's still, there's still value to people like us that come in there and kind of um, explained, you know, uh, what, what the heck's happening and that have been through it so many times to be able to kind of lead them in the right direction to make it more money. And I think that's a, that's a very smart thing on their part because they tried to do the market domination. They got their butts kicked on it. And now they're they're like, okay, well, let's go to the people that are doing it. And that's totally fine. Yeah, they, they did. 
almost put on the defensive where they went around us first, meaning the real estate industry. And then they realized that the real estate industry, they needed them because the people, nobody wants to take the advice of an app to buy a $700,000 house. No offense, apps. I mean, you're great, but your, your information, you still need to make a decision on the information provided to you. So when you have somebody that's bought 100 houses in the last 12 months or helped somebody buy 100 houses, that experience is greatly valued and almost necessary for most people, especially when the market's doing this or moving around. People time getting the best rates, getting the best inspectors. You don't have time as a buyer to screw around or as a seller to screw around with a market that's moving. And that percentage on the top, um, like I say, has been there for the, the history of time. So by squeezing it, remember this, ladies and gentlemen, they didn't squeeze it to make it go away. They came into the marketplace to take it away from us. They want that margin. Those margins, all these guaranteed sale programs you hear, all these, you know, we'll buy your house for cash programs. They all are designed to take away the real estate commission and keep it for themselves versus, so you're not saving money. So why give all of your equity, all of your money that would have went to somebody that's working on your behalf to the, to the other side of the table. I just don't understand it. And I think that they're realizing real fast that there's only so many people that want to sell on convenience and don't want to leave that, you know, eight, 10, 12% on the table um, in some cases. Um, and then there's the occasional story that you hear about where, oh, everybody was, you know, like that. I, I love this. There's a gentleman on the internet here that talks about Zillow and he goes, let's just say that you bought 30 houses for 300,000 a piece. And let's just say that the last one you bought, you paid 400,000. Now the market's showing 400,000 and you bought all these at 300,000 and now the market's going this way and all of a sudden all your market values will go up on all weird and and it was funny and zillow attacked him and they couldn't win and it was kind of a funny thing because they control all the data every time you click it's recorded guys every time you like something or you look at something they know who's looking at what they know where you're from they based on what you've looked at on your computer they they study all of that the machine learning the machines learn what you like and what they can project what areas are going to be hot. So they can start marketing in those areas. Like, Hey, everybody's clicking on this school district or everybody's clicking on this area. And it's because of sale prices, because of whatever. And they can project that, but they're not projecting. They're looking at data. They're looking at factual data. So anyway, I had an interesting thing, Andy, uh, when you're talking about that, where they're watching everything is that I was going, um, to do a market on a house and and typically when i do that i always check out you know like you want to know what they know and so i'll look up and say hey what's realtor.com say what does uh, zillow say what does the tax uh, value say all of that kind of stuff and this was a house that happened to be you know that it had had not resold and it didn't have a zillow um price on it but I went and looked it up and pulled up the address and, and looked at it and kind of went around that area. And lo and behold, I ended up going over to that house probably, you know, a few days later. And they said, yeah, no, we got, we got contacted by Zillow to see if, um, you know, that if we're ever interested in selling that they had a program for us. And I'm like, what? I mean, they'd never contacted them before. But I wonder if they know that, you know, hey, you're an agent, they tied my name. I mean, I'm in Zillow all over the place. And it's like, I wonder if they tie your email into that to notice that, hey, he's looking up this place. He might be going over there to be able to do the market analysis and they freaking stuck right behind. And I'm almost positive they, they did that. 
crazy dust. The DOJ will crack down on how real estate agents are paid. The last prediction. Good. Oh, are, you guys, are you guys uh, bartering or, or getting fairly compensated? Well, the new rumor is rates are going up to 15% for real estate agents. Those of us that survive, okay with that, just to let everybody know. We uh, – Oh, oh, okay, okay. So you only we're gonna stick to our three percent on the seller side and two point seven percent on the buyer side, which is more than fair. I, I don't, you know, the the Department of Justice. Here's where I get. I'll, I'll get on my soapbox for one second. I've recently seen when people are using non-traditional financing, they're using like hard money lenders, and the real estate agents, the lender, everybody gets on board and they take advantage of these clients. That's where I think there's a little regulation needed, where these people that are using not traditional bank sources, projects. Um, the agents are asking for another one and a half or 2% commission because they're like taping a deal together and it's just wrong. And, you know, when you are, you know, the department of uh, the, uh, um, for us, we're regulated um, by the state of Minnesota. And then we have, you know, the, uh, what is it? The P, the, what is it? The PFP, Chris, a little help here. A little assistance. The CFPB. Excuse me. And oh. and they control us with our rates, what we make, how we do it. We're already regulated to the point of where we have to start raising rates. When you add regulation to industries, all it does is creates more expense, more auditing, more reviews, more everything. And then you're guess what happens to the consumer? Their fees go up. So what I'd rather see them do is have the real estate association, which I've begged Nat and NAR to do for years, take your real estate agents, show their ranking, show how many houses they've sold, show how many good reviews they have show and based on their certification that you're a, a top agent and then you can charge top agent pay if you're not a top agent guess what just like a journeyman doesn't make as much as a master electrician too bad for you and not every not everybody needs a master electrician on every sale if you've got a townhouse it's just like every other townhouse maybe you go with the lower agent because you don't need uh, a specialist right but I'm it's like in any it's like in any industry you know you want to you want to have a handyman build your deck, or do you want to have um, Linda's construction build your deck? Uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna cost more, and you you're gonna there's there's benefits and whatever. You the thing is in real estate, you have a choice. You don't have to use a realtor. You don't have to pay a high commission if you don't want to. There's people that are willing to do it, so then negotiate it. So I don't see how the Department of Justice is gonna come in and tell us, hey, here's how you get paid because. Our, our stuff is not, I mean, it's totally negotiable. It's well, crazy. let me ask you, Chris, do you remember when the airlines were regulated? Okay. How much did it cost you to, how much did it cost you to fly to Arizona when, when the airlines were regulated? $1,500? Oh. Oh, when oh, they're right. unregulated, how much does it cost you now? $150, okay. $200? Mm -hmm. I mean, each way, you know what I'm saying? So right. regulations don't, don't protect people. All they do is put more red tape in the way and cost, AKA cost to do business goes businesses and they will have to charge you more to do business if they're regulated harder and they figure out how to how to get past it i mean it's just a it's it's just what it is i mean it's like tax codes you know everyone talks about the rich people and you know they don't pay taxes they do pay taxes but they don't pay a percentage of it because they have all these loopholes to be able to get past it i mean it's like in everything so yeah you, you regulations they'll get around it somehow somewhere so
It's game time. We're going to try to stump the realtor. Now, we have 20, 20 questions, and uh, I want uh, Chris to do the odd numbers and Andy to do the even numbers. And at the end, we'll see uh, who got a better score on our little exam here. So let's, uh, Chris, let's decide yeah. if we're going to keep Nick as our host um, first. I know. This is like this is like cruelness. Uh, now – now let's take into this better be Minnesota law. That's all I'm saying. First of, yeah, where'd you think get the exam, first of all? Um, testguide.com. It's basic real estate question, so oh. it should be fine. Relating to Minnesota. All right, Chris, odd, odd, uh, you got the odd number. Question number one. The contract of sale states that earnest money deposit is to be placed in an interest bearing account with any interest earned to be given to the buyer. This is um, they, they don't get it. So I don't know. I wouldn't call it illegal, but yeah, I, I'll go with illegal. Illegal? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Question two. Andy, if a buyer's earnest money check is returned for insignificant funds after being deposited into the broker's trust account, the broker should... Which broker? The buyer's broker? The buyer's. The the, broker? If a buyer's earnest money check is returned. Yep. Um, let's see here. Um, just so we know, this is my most unfavorite show ever. Um, uh, <laughs> just so we know, we are putting a wanted ad out there for next year. Um, you know, here, you don't have a valid purchase agreement, so... This doesn't, I don't know. These answers are, if you want to ask us a question, I'll give you the answer. My answer is that when you have insufficient funds, you don't have a valid purchase agreement. So you do have to get your check deposited. Um, and the expenses that are related to that check are usually um, have to be paid by the buyer that comes in. If the check bounces and there's, you know, whatever, but insufficient funds, I'm not sure what that means. Um, Pick the best answer. Come on. I don't know. I can't read that close. I have to stare at the screen. So if a buyer's earnest money check is returned for insufficient funds after being deposited into the broker's trust account, the broker should resign the agency, okay, cover the bad check personally, um, tell the seller to cooperate with the broker that the check bounced, um, file a police report. I'm going to guess, I would. I guess I would say that... Um, the broker a lot of times would cover that check personally. I don't know. That's that's not a Minnesota thing. They would just tell you that you have an incomplete purchase agreement. She's not going to answer it. Uh, so cover. Should we cover the bad check personally? All right, we'll, we'll go with I, that. Okay. Which option best describes an, an exclusive right to sell listing? You're muted, Chris. Just a FYI. D. You want? Yeah. The listing agent will be paid the commission no matter who procures the buyer. Correct. Yeah. Yep. If you guys but want Andy's to read, right. These are just they're weird questions. They don't totally fit Minnesota. So. So a good uh, thing we're only doing five. We'll do the best we can. 
Sandy, a 16-year-old, enters into a contract to buy a condo from Sue, an adult. Which statement is true? She can't buy a house. She's not 18. Okay. So the contract, the contract is going to get Sandy's not permitted into a real estate contract. Okay. Good. There we go. Now we're rolling. A listing agreement between a principal and a broker is... Uh, let me see here. A listing agreement between a principal and a broker. Yeah, I don't know that's what they mean. The, this, this is in Minnesota because it. The, I'm going to do an implied contract. A. I don't know what they mean by an express contract, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be express, but I don't know what express means either. Which yeah. statement regarding a Veterans Affair VA mortgage is false? It does not have minimum property requirements. It, which statement regarding a, a Veterans Affairs false? It required down payment. It does not. It's false. It does not. Um, the, see this? I literally, I'm, I'm poking my doll of you right now because I the voodoo doll. I, I, um, which. So, so basically, which is not true, which is false. So, well, there's mortgage insurance. That's what the VA is. So I guess it'd be the mortgage insurance. Is not yeah. required to have more. Wait, is not required. See, it's the way it's worded. This is why I hate quizzes because they word it backwards. So basically, which is true. It's false. So it does not require a mortgage insurance. So this one is basically saying. Does the VA require a mortgage insurance? It does not have a maximum debt ratio. There's a maximum debt ratio. So okay. that means it's, whatever you pick. Yeah, yeah, you I know what you mean. That is confusing. I think you're right, Andy. I think you're right on that one. Because if yeah, that is, I'm trying to say which one is which one is basically right. wrong. Right. There's okay. a debt ratio. Yeah. I'm getting the stressed. Department. I need to get some turkey and hit the triple fan or whatever and fall asleep on my couch. <laughs> guaranteed. Department of Veterans guaranteed. guaranteed. Okay. Garrett sold his primary residency for five hundred ninety-five thousand, which was a capital gain of $315,000. How much may Garrett exclude on his income tax as a single individual? Um, two hundred fifty. A parcel of land is an easy one. Yeah. A parcel a parcel question that was actually like now now I'm interested in playing again. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Oh boy. What does this say? A parcel of land is 140 by 75. The seller's asking 130. Let me see. Let me do that quick. It'll take my calculator. So it's 140 by 75 times 75 equals times 130. A million B. That was the easier one. God damn it. Parcel of land is sold for 163000 If it appreciates at 14% compounded per year and the seller keeps it for seven years, how much will the seller pay for it? The old... Compounded. 
So oh, basically, I'm asking the question again backwards, right? So otherwise, it would be higher than the 130, 163. Appreciates it at 14% per year, and the seller keeps it for seven years. How much would the seller pay for it? That's a math equation. That's not. I would have to ask my math guy. I think he had just guessed. How many? For seven, seven uh, times 14. We'll guess. We'll guess. No worries. Okay. The Johnsons sold their house and will close on July 1st. The Johnsons paid their full annual town taxes in January. Which statement best describes what will occur at closing? Are you doing this one, Chris, or am I? Yeah, I think Chris. this is mine. Okay, the Johnsons sold their house and will close on July 1st, so that's half the year. And the, and the Johnsons already paid for it. Okay. So the John, the Johnsons will owe the buyers half the tax due. I mean, that's true, because but they already paid the full year, it sounds like. Yeah, they've paid full. Okay, so the buyers, yep, A. The buyers will owe the Johnsons the unused tax for the balance of the year. Okay. Yeah, basically what happens is you prorate. Um, and so they would take they pay for from July till the end of the year. Jesse signs a deed to Marriott as a guarantee. As a grantee. As it acknowledged, is a grantee as acknowledged and receives payment from her. Jesse arranges to meet her the next afternoon to give her the deed. Which of the following best describes when Miriam will own the property? Well, if Jesse signs a deed to Miriam as a grantee, has a payment from her um, immediately, right? Okay. Immediately. Well, I mean, when, when will she own it? Well, when it's when it's well, as soon as she pays for it. But when afternoon she receives the deed, when she records the deed, as soon as the deed gets, as soon as the deed they. The, she signs a deed. The Federal Housing Administration's FHA Section 8 program helps low and moderate income people buy. Renting from Chris Rooney. D. Paying part of their rent. Yeah, or letting, uh, oh, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> That'll be a bad thing. Uh, the percentage of a building's replacement value must be covered by fire insurance according to typical co-insurance clauses. What percentage? Now you're an insurance guy, Andy. Boy, since we're playing a guessing game, um, I'm going to guess 80%. I think we have a couple more where we can – time is ticking. So we can do this last one and look for the answers. The meats and yep. see, yeah. Okay, and I'll tell you one um, thing. I never would have. I never would have answered that unless all the other ones didn't make sense. Oh boy, he's, what, he's answering all of our questions for us now. We, we have to. We have to get to the end. I think Nick got bored with these questions. <laughs> I want to see the answers. See what you guys got. Well, you just. You just re-answered all those other ones. Let's. You know, Nick. Oh, there we go. No, we're we're gonna look at the ones we answered. Okay. Listen. So Chris like, and I, Chris and I historically do better on the tests that we write. Um, oh, so, I was wrong. 
So I was wrong. We were both based wrong. On Brazil, based on Brazilian law, Chris, you're incorrect. <laughs> no, hold on. So earnest money deposit placed to interest bearing account, illegal. Okay, because the buyer and the seller. Well, they didn't say the buyer and the seller agreed to it. Yeah. That's, That's BS, man. I, the first Happy two. Thanksgiving. I, hey, number three was right. The listing agent will be paid the commission no matter what. All my answers are buyer. wrong. <laughs> Maybe, oh, oh, here we go. Think it's right. <laughs> All of ours are wrong. No, no. Oh, this was this was a great example of showing how. Oh, there's one that's right. There's another yeah, one. You got a lot right down here. Yes, we we're on a roll, three in a row. Well, yeah. The only question that was valid was Garrett selling his property to me. Look at all these. Five right. in a row. How many did you get right by guessing, Nick? We're gonna see. So section eight, <laughs> right? Okay, so you guys are about sixty percent, and then uh, oh no. Look at us. You got, yeah, you guys got a lot more right. Andy's an insurance guy. Look at that. Okay, then these are the rest are wrong, but then I got a couple of right by guessing. <laughs> yeah, so you guys got, I think, uh, what, nine out of 14, nine out of 13, eight? Well, if anything I'm else, telling, yeah. I'm telling you, with that, though, seriously, those questions were written weird um, because a lot of those are, uh, I know, like, Andy answered one on the one, and both of them kind of had the same answers. And then the one I had was like, you have to, I mean, you have to agree that the earnest money, that the interest will go to the buyer because interest doesn't go to the buyer. It goes to another fund um, that to do it. So it's, uh, so we weren't totally wrong. Let's just, just so we know all people that write those quizzes are going to H E double L and they write the questions to trick us. And this is the kind of crap we deal with. These people sit around and go, <laughs> let's fool these guys. Questions <laughs> backwards. Hey. hey. I, I actually kind of liked it. So it's kind of funny. I, I would, uh, I think we could get a Minnesota. You know what we should do is we should get our buddy that owns a Minnesota real estate school and get him to give us, if we want to do some question of the week and we could have, that would be kind of fun too. So we know it's Minnesota rules. Well, being at Thanksgiving, I'm grateful for this fun podcast we do every week. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can write a review on iTunes, that's amazing. We also post three digestible clips a week on our Facebook page. So check those out. Give us a thumbs up. Give us the hearts and uh, have a wonderful day. Enjoy the food. You guys have a great Thanksgiving too. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.